we're going to get started with the word. Let's have a prayer and we'll jump into the word. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word brings us life and hope. Thank you that it breaks barriers in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that your word gives us light and direction. Thank you, Lord, that there's life in your word. And Lord, we're just opening our hearts to you. We're opening our hearts to your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been talking about unmistaken identity this month. So this is our last, our last Sunday of the month, our last message in this series. Next month, we're going to be spending in the book of Jonah for the whole month. And so that's going to be an exciting time together as the Lord speaks to us through the book of Jonah. But I wanted to start today by reading uh, four or five verses from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where we've been focused for the whole month in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And so the verses start at verse 16, and they're going to be on the screen if you're turning in your, on your phone or in your Bible, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Say the new is here. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. There's that phrase again. He's committed to us or given us the ministry of reconciliation. And at verse 20, it says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. If you're following along and you've got a worksheet or a fill-in-the-blank sheet, that's the first blank right there, ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. May God bless the reading of his word. You know, a couple of uh, summers ago, Carla and I, we, uh, we went. Uh, we left Prince George. You know, ambassadors, they leave. They leave their, their country. They go to another country. Well, we left Prince George. We didn't go to another country. But it sort of felt like it. We went to the, the city of Vernon. And uh, it was pretty cool here. And when we got there, it was very hot. Right? It was very hot. In fact, we, we camped one night in our tent, and it was, it was kind of rainy. And we are like, oh, no, what kind of holiday are we going to have? We got to Vernon, and it was about 40 degrees there. And we felt like we were in another world. And uh, we decided we are going to, we had heard about everyone going to this beach called Cal Beach. And uh, we didn't really know our way around Vernon too well, so we punched Cal Beach into the Google. And uh, the Google told us how to get there. So we left our hotel and, and uh, on our way to Cal Beach. And we ended up in, I don't know if you'd call them mountains, but they were like hills. And we were going up hills. I thought, this is a strange way to get to the beach, to go up up a hill. We end up on a dirt road, a dirt trail. In the, in the prairies, it seemed like a pasture trail. We call a pasture trail, like just the tire marks. And uh, we were like, what in the world? Where are we going? I'll tell you, you guessed it, we did not get to Cal Beach. 
No, we were, we were up on a hillside, and we ended up, though, looking down over a huge lake. Whether that was where Kell Beach was, I have no idea. But there was a big, beautiful lake, and we were up on the top of the mountain looking down over it. We didn't make it. We didn't make it. We were heading for the beach, but we didn't make it to the beach. Sometimes, you know, you think you're going somewhere, uh, and we didn't make it. And I want to tell you a little story uh, about... Uh, uh, today about going to the beach. You know, Jesus, we, we talk, it's kind of a beach theme today, right? Am I right? I know I didn't really dress up too beach. I did wear my Hawaiian shirt, but I didn't dress up too beach. But we're having kind of a bit of a beach theme to the service. So I want to talk about someone else who went to the beach, and that was Jesus. That Jesus went to the beach. And the story is found in the book of Luke, chapter 8, and it's in verses 26 through 39. And so today we're talking about why did Jesus go to the beach? And it's found in this story in Luke chapter 8. And I'm going to read these verses because I think this story is not really that well known. I was talking to some kids this weekend and said, have you heard the story? And they said, no, didn't hear the story. So it starts at uh, verse 26. It says, they sailed, so this is Jesus and his disciples, to the region of the Gerasenes which is across the lake from Galilee. And when Jesus stopped, stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house. That would have been kind of a funny thing to see, eh? When you're going to the beach, anybody ever go to the beach and you, get, you run into somebody not wearing the clothes? Huh? Sometimes it happens, or the clothes are so small, you wonder if they're, they're wearing clothes. And they didn't live in a house, but they lived in, he lived in tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out from the man, and many times it had seized him. Uh, for Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken the chains and had been driven by the demons into solitary places. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And he begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and the demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank and into the lake and were destroyed. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this to the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. And they came back to Jesus and found that the man from the, whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, was now dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. They all the people, then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. Now the man from whom the demons had gone begged to go with Jesus. But Jesus sent him away and said, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. 
So the man went away and told all over the town how much Jesus had done for him. May God bless the reading of his word to our lives. So I want to talk uh, today uh, about why did Jesus go to the beach from the story of the man from Gerasenes. So number one, Jesus went because he was sent. There's another blank there if you're following along, kids, on your sheet. He went because he was sent. Now I'm going to ask Evie to come. She's going to come and read us a verse from the Bible, from the book of John chapter 20. John 20, verse 21. Jesus said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Good. Excellent. Thank you, Evie. Very good. Jesus said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. You know, the gospel is the best thing that God has done. It's the greatest thing, the best thing, and Jesus was sent by God, right? Jesus was sent, and uh, God had sent Jesus. In fact, it says many times in the scripture, Jesus used those words, I was sent by God, right? Why did Jesus go to the beach? Was it just because he was looking for a holiday? Was he just looking to get away from it all? Was he saying, oh, man, I just need to get my head out of the rat race for a few days? No, Jesus went to the beach because he was, he was sent. That's why he went. He went because he was sent. Now, have you ever imagined a swimming pool on a hot day? You know, sometimes we think of uh, the gospel in terms of the swimming pool. So you think of a swimming pool. Some things a swimming pool has. It has a shallow end usually and a deep end. It has stairs, it has a ladder, there's a deck sometimes around the pool, there's chairs, there's all kinds of things. There's sometimes there's toys like beach balls, all that stuff. And usually at a nice swimming pool, there's a diving board. Huh? Sometimes we think of the gospel in terms of a swimming pool, it's the diving board. It's the diving board, it's kind of how we get into the pool. But Jesus came not to just show us the diving board. He came to show us the whole thing, the whole pool, all the ends, all the ladders, all the deck chairs. He gave us it all, and we receive it all through the gospel. Our life in Christ is the whole thing. It's not just, he's not just giving us part. It's not just giving us one little part. It's not just giving us the entry point. No, the gospel is the whole thing. Thing. You know, Jesus went not to the beach uh, to give them a diving board. No, he went to bring them the whole thing, give them the whole news of the gospel and, uh, and release them. Now, uh, when you're sent somewhere, it means that you have a purpose. Right? It means there's people that are sending you. They're behind you. They're supporting you. They're with you. They're rooting for you. They want to help you. And uh, when we're on our mission, if we're being sent, uh, you know, things can turn out a lot harder than we might have expected. When we 
when we've given our life to Jesus and we begin to obey him and follow him and, and start to live our lives in a way that's sent, we might think, oh, it's, everything is going to start to fall into place and turn out just splendidly. You know, everything, all the people I meet are going to be nice and all the situations I get into are all going to come together. Uh, well, I want to tell you that oftentimes when you're on the mission, things that you are not expecting are going to happen. So Jesus got to the beach and you know what? Something happened that he didn't, well, I'm, I mean, Jesus probably did expect, but I think we weren't expecting. Jesus going to the beach, that he was going to encounter a man who was naked that didn't live in a house. In fact, he lived in the graveyard. Think, wow, that's crazy stuff. Well, sometimes that's what happens. And if we're just doing things on our own, if we're just doing it because we feel like it, oftentimes it's why we feel like giving up. It's why we get discouraged. We say, why is this happening to me? <laughs> why do I have to go through all of these hard things? Well, if we're just doing things because we want to, it's going to be awful hard to press through. But I want us to keep in mind that Jesus was sent. And as he said, as I was sent, I'm sending. Why is a good reason to go and do something? It's because Jesus has sent us. And you know, Jesus went to the beach. Maybe he'll send you to the beach. Wouldn't that be great if he did? And I see someone had a canoe on their vehicle in the parking lot today and a kayak. And I was thinking, man, Jesus has been sending today. Some people are going to jump in their cars after church and go to the beach. Isn't that great that Jesus is sending people to the beach? And wherever he's sending you in your mission today and this week, are you just going because you feel like it? Are you going because Jesus sent you? And when he, Jesus sends us, we can go with a different, a different mindset, a different power in our lives, a staying power of the gospel uh, to accomplish what Jesus has uh, given us to do. The second thing, uh, second reason Jesus went to the beach is he went to make a dent. And there's another blank. I'm, I'm not sure which blank I'm on. I think that's number three. Uh, Jesus went to make a dent. <laughs> you think, what in the world are you talking about? You know, I, I, what I was thinking of is, uh, you know, uh, you know that when the Lego is all over the floor, I mean a whole bucket full of Lego, and your mom says, you got to clean up the Lego. And you're like, oh, there's so much Lego. There's so, I don't even know how to pick it all up. Or your wife's telling you, pick up your socks and your closet is a mess. You're like, I don't even know where to start. Well, you just start with one. Just start with one thing. Just start. You start doing it. You start picking it up. You start doing it. And that's what I'm talking about when I say a dent. You just make a dent. You just start. You do something. And you know what? Pretty soon, you start seeing that God is helping you to press through. Now, uh, I remember when I was, uh, our kids were young, and uh, we would have uh, I love pie. Anybody love pie? My, my wife makes like the best banana cream pie. It's so delicious. Oh. I, I've been, I have not had a piece of banana cream pie for a long time. So I've been talking about banana cream pie. Yes, subliminal messages. That's right. Oh, would it be awesome on a hot day? A cool piece of banana cream pie. Oh, 
so creamy and yummy. Oh, mmm. Anyway, so we were having dessert, and uh, I remember all my kids looking at the pieces of pie. Isn't it amazing how kids can detect which piece is bigger than all of the, you know, they can see the size. It's a big second, third, you know, they know. <laughs> and I remember my kids, you know, really feeling bummed out when it was not the biggest piece that they got. Even though, like, I don't know, it's like microscopic, you know, like the might have been one little gram of something, you know. I, I couldn't even tell, but they could somehow, their laser eyeballs, you could, could see it. And I can remember my kids, you know, trying to pull how to get the biggest piece, you know. Oh, I'm not eating that. <laughs> not having that. No, I want the biggest one or I'm not having it. You know, isn't that funny how we'll say, you know, if I can't have the biggest one, I don't want any of it. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. You know, you just enjoy what you got. Enjoy what you got. I remember... Uh, I remember when I was learning, uh, growing up and, and uh, getting older and starting to want to drive. And uh, my sing I was raised by a single mom. So I, I remember saying to my mom, Mom, please, just let me drive. Let's, we won't tell anybody. You can just, I, I can drive. You know, I'm only 13, but I, I know how to drive. My mom's like, no, you're not driving. No, it's not happening. Not, not happening. Any, any boys want to drive? Yeah, you just want to drive, just want to drive. Girls want to drive too, probably. And, and I was just thinking, you know, uh, what, what I started to do was I started changing the tires on our van. You know, summer tires and winter tires. I would change the oil in the van. And I'd get to start the van, you know, and move it on the driveway a little bit, you know. I just was doing it. When, it. when the van was dirty, I was washing the van. You know, my mom would say, you need to, can you wash the van? Okay, I'll go wash the van. I, anytime I could touch the van, I could hold the keys in my hand. I put them in my pocket, you know. Like I was, I was like driving the van. I, you know, even though I was only moving it from here to here or something, you know. It was like, oh, yeah. Oh. Just, just, even though I couldn't drive the van, you know what? I just did the little things. I, I changed the tires on the van. I washed the van. I changed the oil on the van. I did whatever I could do in the van. Grocery time, I hauled the groceries in from the van to the house. Get the keys in my pocket. Carry the keys in my, in my pocket. And you know what happens when you're faithful with little things? You know what the Bible says? If you're faithful with a little, God will give you more. And you know when I got my driver's license? You know what? My mom said, you can use the van as long as you let me know. It's, it's yours to use. Huh? So sometimes we don't get what we want at the start. But if we'll be faithful with what we got. You know what? God wants to give you more. He wants to open the door for more. And that's what happened to me. And so that's a word for you young guys. If you want to drive your mom's car, your dad's car, start now. Start, start washing that thing and polishing it and treating it good. Showing them that you can trust, they can trust you with it. You know, sometimes we're stuck in our lives. We don't get what we want. 
If I can't have that, I don't want any of it. You know, if I got to teach the kids, then I'm not going to do nothing in the church. Because that's not real ministry. You know, if I got to... If I got to shovel the sidewalk, then I'm not, I don't want none of it. I don't want, I, I just want to lay on the bass guitar on the worship team or whatever. I, I want to start at the top. Well, I want to tell you, the way God gives you more is you get faithful with the little. Okay? That's what we do. That's what we do. We start with being faithful with the small things. When the Lord says, you know, come to the front, Marlene and Christy. With a verse that the Lord is encouraging you to share with the congregation. You know, it might seem, well, that's just a little thing. Well, you know what? God, that's where God starts you. Start to bring a word. Starts to lead you to bring a word in the prayer time before church or whatever. And God will begin to use you to bring life and hope to people. Now, if we can't do the big important thing, uh, then I don't want any of it. You know, that idea... Sometimes we just get sitting around and we just get complaining. And those things will hold us back. So I want to just urge you, if you find you're sitting and you're seeing things that are wrong and you're complaining, I want to encourage you, let's start to love. Let's start to be faithful. Let's start to be a servant. Let's start to honor others. All those kinds of things. And you know what happens is life begins to come. And we see it in this story of Jesus and the Gerasenes. No, Jesus went to the Gerasenes, and you know how many lives were changed? One. You know, the whole town and the whole countryside, all the people that heard the gospel, only one life was changed. Jesus could have said, oh, I'm not going away over there. I'm not going to that beach. You know, those people are all, like, grumpy, and they're, you know, they, they don't have any faith. They don't want, you know, they don't want anything. But Jesus went. To make a dent, right? He started with one. Is there one thing that you can do? Is there one life that needs to change? You got one neighbor. You maybe all your neighbors are grumpy, but you got one neighbor who's open to hear of the goodness of God, or, or that appreciates that you cut their grass for them, or whatever it is. I want to encourage you to start loving people, start serving people, start honoring people, and Jesus will use you to make a dent, right? He'll start to use you. And uh, Jesus, he didn't get a whole bunch of people who wanted to follow him, but he got one. And I want to encourage you. Uh, Danielle's going to come, and she's going to read a verse for us. Here she comes, right on. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. There she comes. Aren't these kids great? So bold. Second Corinthians 5.20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on God's behalf. We, we reconcile to God. Amen. Thank you, Danielle. We implore you. We urge you with everything that's in us to be an ambassador on Christ's behalf. We urge you. Now, um, um, Sarah, who's not here today. Our artists, they're painting some beautiful pictures. And Sarah made this beautiful picture that says ambassador on it. 
And uh, she was urging us. She sent me a text message. I'm not going to read it all. But she said, you know, the light of Christ is in us. And he wants to use us to bring light to others. Right? That's that idea that you might think, you know, the light that I have, is it really going to make a difference? Yes, it is. You know, Paul was urging us, be an ambassador. Let your light shine wherever you are, where there's people that are open. You know, there are going to be people that you come across that are so broken, that are so backwards, that you probably aren't even going to like them. You know, Jesus was attracted to this man that was naked and homeless and dirty and living in a cemetery and all that sort of thing. Was there something appealing about that man that Jesus said, I want to get to know that guy. I want to be friends with him. No. He was a broken man. He was a broken man. You know, Jesus is going to send you to the broken. He's going to send you to the bound. People that are bound up in their life. They have all kinds of sin going on. Things they can't even control. Their mouths are going to be foul and vulgar. Their desires are going to be twisted. And the thing that's labeled on them is shame. By the friends, even. And Jesus is going to send you and I. You know, Jesus didn't come just for the nice-looking people. <laughs> people that have it all together. People that don't swear and all that stuff. Jesus came to set the captives free. Isn't that amazing? What a great, what a great story of the gospel that we see. That Jesus went to the beach that day to make a dent. He saw a life that needed to be changed. And he went with a heart of mercy to that man. The third thing, we got to hurry here. Uh, sorry, the third and last point, reason that Jesus went to the beach is he went because he was sent. And when he was sent because, he sent because he went. <laughs> I know it's kind of a twisted grammar. You could say, oh, Pastor Greg, you need to go back to school. <laughs> but these words rhymed, and I thought it would help us to remember. He sent because he went. So first of all, he, he went because he was sent. He went to make a dent, and then he sent because he went. See, the fact that he went to the beach put him in a position of actually sending someone else. You know, Jesus' desire, one of his greatest desires, one of the greatest desires of the gospel, and Pastor Ben, who was here last uh, Sunday, uh, preached a fantastic releasing word about how to be sent and how to send, sending young people. And I was just so encouraged by that. If you didn't hear, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that word. So the fact that Jesus went to the beach is he sent when he was there because he went. And I'm going to ask Adam to come, and Adam's going to read the next verse. Are you still coming, Adam? I'll stand up here with you, so you, you and me both. You wanna, do you want to read it from there? 
Do you want to read it still? If I come back. The man who whom the demons had gone out begged to him with, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Amen. Right on. Thank you, Adam, for reading us the word. You know, Jesus... Jesus was there, and that man begged Jesus, can I go with you? Where are you going? And Jesus said, you know what? I'm sending you somewhere. And you know where I'm sending you? I'm sending you home. <laughs> Sometimes we think, oh, Jesus is going to send me to somewhere neat. Send me somewhere else. Send me to the other people that are actually really nice, that are easy to bring the gospel to the people that appreciate me or appreciate you, Jesus. But Jesus, he sent the man to stay home. <laughs> he sent him to go home and tell how much God had done for him. You know, Jesus is empowering. He wants to empower you to share your story of how much God has done for you. Which is really cool that Pastor Ben brought this message last week. That we can formulate the stories that God has done in our lives and share them with others. You know, that's a way that we can present the gospel. The kingdom of God will grow as you are generous with your story. You know, that's Jesus' plan. We might think, because Jesus is the coolest Everyone is going to just follow him, and, uh, and uh, as soon as they would meet him, you know, then everyone is going to just, but, but in this story, we realize it was one guy, <laughs> one guy turned their heart to Jesus, and Jesus said, you know what, now you have my mission. You're doing what I'm doing, but you're going to do it right here, and Jesus left. You know, Jesus wasn't jealous or selfish about his mission. He just said, there's lots more to do, and so I want you to be a part of my mission. I want you to be a part. So what that means for us is in our families, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our clubs, in our sports teams. Jesus is sending us. You know, sometimes we're thinking, oh, Jesus is going to send me to uh, a cool place like Zanzibar. Or he's going to send me to Greece. He's going to send me to uh, uh, Hawaii. <laughs> Boy, that would be nice. And Jesus sends people. He does. But oftentimes we see that Jesus is sending us to our homes, to the people we know. And you know what? Those people need the Jesus you know. You know. And I want to encourage you. It may feel like you're more like this man 
before he met Jesus. That things are coming apart in your life. You have some bondages in your life. You have some brokenness in your life. You need some some, uh, freedom in your life. You need some some transformation in your life. (laughs) I want to encourage you. Let's not carry those things. Let's deal with those things. We come to Jesus. We come to the cross. And we allow him to do those transformation changes in us. And then when he does that, he sends us to be transformers of the world. We don't let ourselves be disqualified by what we're going through. We, we let those things push us towards Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to stand as we, we just respond to him. Lord, I just say thank you. Thank you for this message of hope. Thank you for this message of hope that we, we uh, see that you, Jesus, were sent by God. And then you, then you sent, you're sending us. And Lord, that you, not just, that you're not just giving us tasks to do, but you're transforming our lives. You're giving us a story of victory, a story of salvation, a story of transformation, a story of, of uh, restoration. We say thank you for that. And for Lord, Lord, those that are maybe dealing with some things, maybe in their families, maybe with their children, maybe it's with your spouse or maybe it's in the workplace whatever there's some there's some hell going on in your life lord we we bring these things to you we bring them to you lord and we ask lord as we yield ourselves to you as we submit our lives to you jesus that you would begin to bring transforming change to us in jesus name lord give us some stories of victories Give us some stories of bondages broken. Give us us some stories of hope restored. We pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If there's those, if you're here this morning, I just urge you, this is not not an exercise of education this morning. This This is an opportunity for you to receive from the Lord. I just believe that the Lord wants to set you free in an area in your life. In your, in your relationships, maybe in your marriage, maybe it's in your home, that you say, I know there needs to be a change, and I know it needs to start in me, so Jesus, I just give myself to you afresh today, in Jesus' name. Do your work in my heart, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And God, we thank you as well that you're sending us, Lord, that we're people that are sent to the people that are around us. And Lord, I pray you'd help us to be hope bringers, hope givers, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.